Uh, Lord, let our lives reflect what um, uh, you've given us, and, and let our lives reflect the, the, uh, the, the obedience that you want for, from us, uh, God, to, to, be able to, to, to be able to reap these blessings that you want for us. Uh, God, we thank you. God, we love you. We pray it's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Man, somebody's been using my stand here. All right, so... Now that Jake's out of here, I can make fun of him. No, not really. I love that Jake was having uh, trouble with words this morning because um, I myself was having trouble with words this morning, but my, my trouble with words was uh, I was insulting people in which I was talking to, and I didn't mean to. And multiple people I've talked to trying to spark up a conversation with a, a few people and asking some dumb questions. Um, me asking the dumb questions, not them. Um, and, and it made me re- just kind of think about toothpaste. Toothpaste, right? We love toothpaste, I hope. I don't know, toothpaste? No. So here we go. Toothpaste, I mean, just think about it. This has probably little, if at all. Hey, by the way, the guy who did walk in here with the gray hair, he had his 50th birthday this past week. <laughs> and his wife is not inviting anybody out to dinner after uh, service today. Um, <laughs> she's just mean. Um, <laughs> If you're visiting with us, uh, this is normal. Um, <laughs> next time, throw money, um, not chapstick. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know, all right. Um, but uh, toothpaste, in the same way, you know, toothpaste, when it comes out of the tube, uh, it's kind of, it's darn near impossible to put it back into the tube in which it came out. Kind of like words. When, you, when words come out, you can't get them back and put them back in. Uh, so it... it, it needs to be um, thought about, or I should say we need to, to think about the words which come out of our mouth, um, because when uh, we don't, uh, I don't know who said it, but I'm sure it was a, a, a famous um, person said that uh, words can build up and words can tear down. So what we need to understand is words matter. Um, I, I love how um, the, um, the, the, the late C.S. Lewis, he talks about the importance of words and how words themselves um, have lost a lot of meaning. And, and, and by losing meaning, I, I I think we lose life because we, what we're going to see today and what, what we need to understand that um, in the beginning was the word uh, and th- that, that word was Jesus um, and his words have authority and, and in the same, much the same way our words uh, can have uh, th- th- that same authority and we'll talk about that. So um, if I offended you this morning, I know there's a few of you um, other than Crystal. Um, yeah. I apologize, uh, but it'll, it will happen again. I'm sure. So I'm going to apologize for now, and I will apologize later. So with that, turn to uh, Luke chapter 4. All right. Luke chapter 4. And um, what we're going to do, we're going to look at verse 31. I believe, yes, 31 through 44. But we're going to break this up into two weeks. Um, the, the, the focus for today's message is going to be um, on the authority of Jesus. And yes, I'm giving you kind of a spoiler, whatever. But uh, the authority of Jesus. Then next week we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. Because I, I don't want to uh, skim through all of this and um, miss something so important um, as uh, the kingdom of God. So uh, we'll be on this, in the same text for next week. If you're the type that want to read ahead, um, that will be uh, where we're going to be at. So 
with that, let's, uh, let's read and let's talk. Verse 31. All right, so before we get into 31, maybe we should just uh, real brief, why are, we, uh, why are we going through the book of Luke verse by verse, you know, word by word? Certainty. There we go. Because we're building a case for your certainty. Uh, if, you're, um, if you haven't been here for a while, maybe you're, you're thinking, okay, why? Well, there's a lot of things that we hear, a lot of things that we've been told that um, we may be uncertain about. Or maybe there's things that you, are, you think you're certain about, but you really don't have any biblical basis for it. Maybe you need that, um, that foundation to put into what you already know, which is fine. Or maybe you need to deconstruct the, the, the thought in which you have and uh, build it back by what the Bible says. Um, there, there was, uh, Jake and I were talking, I think actually there was a bunch of guys standing around talking this morning and we were talking about something. Um, I wasn't offending anybody at that point, I don't think. Um, but uh, we were talking about something, and, and one, you guys have heard me say this multiple times about um, when there's problems with uh, theology or there's problems with an idea or problems with uh, a thought or something. I'll, I'll uh, say something along the lines of, well, there's only one problem with that, and it's the Bible. Uh, and when I say that, I, I, I say that with, uh, with certainty because um, understanding what the Bible says in certain situations gives you that, and we're going to talk about this, that authority. So the authority in which that, that, that I can come across with is not my own authority. It's the authority of God's Word. And we know that we're a people of the book. We're a people that, that want to know what God's word says. Uh, granted, do our lives um, always reflect it? No, that's why, we're, that's why we need to be here every Sunday, so we can understand that, that, that it's a process, and we're, we're being um, conformed uh, by a degree, one degree at a time into the image of Christ. And we know that, um, that he does that through his written word. So the importance is there. Understand it, uh, please. 31. And he went down to Capernaum. Who's he? Jesus. There we go. Nine out of ten times is Jesus, but I will try to trip you up. Um, so Jesus went down to Capernaum, and, and here's something that's interesting. This is a little geek moment if you, um, because some people say, well, uh, technically he didn't go down. He went up. If you look at a map, Capernaum for where, from where Nazareth is is actually north. Well, then there you go. The Bible's wrong. No, in elevation, Nazareth was higher. When, and if you re, as you read Scripture, when it talks about going up or going down, it's not necessarily what they're talking about going north or going south. It's in elevation. All right? So he's going down to Capernaum. Capernaum is, a, is if you're looking at a map, it's on the uh, Sea of Galilee, um, up in the, the, the top portion. It's on the, the northern shore, a little bit to the west on, on uh, the Sea of Galilee. So he's going, Jesus was in his hometown of Nazareth. It says he's going down to Capernaum. And this is where this um, account is going to take place. So he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. Uh, which is, this is cool, because what we, we understand about Jesus is he was a teacher, this is where I, I like having those geek moments because I like to teach. So when, I want to be like Jesus because he was the ultimate teacher. I, I'm sure his, his um, I, I don't know, it doesn't say, but it, I mean, we can see that, that Jesus has a sense of humor. So I'm sure that he had an awesome sense of humor. He did not have corny jokes because if he did, he, and no one laughed at him. He just smite them, smote them, right? Smote, smote them. Um, but uh, 
No, no, I mean, but, but we understand that Jesus, Jesus taught, and he used, used some beautiful illustrations. Here it doesn't talk about any of those illustrations, but what it does talk about is the power behind his teaching. Because it says, uh, for his word possessed authority. Uh, understand that where he's teaching at. He's not, in this part, he's not teaching by the sea, although he's in a town by the sea. He's not teaching by the sea just to a crowd. He's in the synagogue. Where that, that would be where the formal teaching would have taken place in those days. So he is, he's in here, and the people that are hearing this are saying, wow, that teaching possesses, possesses authority. Um, the, and I like to understand or like to hear things like this because what they usually hear are the rabbis speaking. So what this does is it... it um, Hey, do something with this sound because it's driving me nuts up here. I can't even think. All right, uh, thank you. Um, but what this does is it, it magnifies the, uh, the understanding of what or, or the power in which Jesus has. It's not as if Jesus went to a bunch of, of dumb hillbillies and started talking, hey, you know, one plus one equals two, and they're like, oh my goodness, are you serious? No, these are people who had a higher level of understanding that they were hearing on a, on a, on a weekly basis, some more on a daily basis, um, the, the, the truths of God's Word. And these are the people who are saying, wow, this teaching from this dude here possesses authority. So let's go on. We're going to come back to there, to there, but let's go on for a second. Because I, I love what takes place because his teaching possesses authority. It says, And in the synagogue there was a man who had a, the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. Actually, it's it's exclamation mark, so it was a lot more forceful than that. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out at him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the reports about him went out or went out into every place in the surrounding region. So this is always interesting to me because I, I think that this is typical of um, church now because it says when um, this uh, authoritative word went out, you had somebody who wanted to stand in opposition to them. Okay? Hear this. They were in church at that time, synagogue. This would be their church. Inside the church, there was a demonic man. There was somebody who was possessed by a demon. Not that we have people in our church that are possessed by demons. We may think so sometimes. Don't be looking around, don't be pointing, but keep your eyes face forward, right? Don't, go, don't try, I'm trying not to look, but you know, um, but here's the deal. What we have to understand is when God's word goes out and the truth of God's word is proclaimed and we see the, the, the power that's behind it and the authority that's behind the truth of God, the authority is always wanted to be or I shouldn't say always, but is often wanted to be questioned. People are wanting to question the authority. 
They're wanting to question the power of God's word. Why is that? Well, if you look, it says, well, what, what do you have to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? The, the, the demon here, the people and the person here, um, they weren't really concerned about everybody in the church. They were focused on themselves. And hear this, and I'm not implying that anyone, anybody in here is demon-possessed or anything, but I think that what we have a tendency to do and, uh, of doing is when we hear something, we automatically throw up this defense and this wall saying, well, you, what if you just want, you want to destroy me, Pastor Lee? No, not, not what Jesus was not saying that. He was proclaiming the truth. So don't hear something and throw this wall up and saying, well, he's wrong, I'm right, and let's go, and I'm, I'm not even going to listen to that guy. Well, no, what we have to understand is the power that is proclaimed is a power of God's word. It's not a power of me. It's an authoritative word of God. Here it's a little bit different just because it is Jesus. He is God. And I love the response that this, uh, this demon has because um, what we'll find out throughout the book of Luke, and you, you'll find out throughout the, the, the books or the, the, the New Testament, uh, mainly the gospel, the gospel accounts is when people come into, uh, and when I say people, when demonic or demons come in, into contact with Jesus, they don't have to guess who he is. They know exactly who he is because here it says that he's the Holy One of God. Well, it, it's interesting, though, that the people that um, Jesus are coming to, if we look, if we don't have to turn there, but in, in John 1, it talks about Jesus coming to his own people and his own people not even knowing him, uh, meaning the people of, of Israel. It's interesting when we see that and we hear that, and we, then we see that the, the demonic, the demons, every time they come in contact with Jesus, they know exactly who he is. So I... I'll propose this. It's going beyond our relationship with Christ. And that is a big term that we use. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Our relationship with Christ goes well beyond just knowing who Jesus is. Because the demons know who Jesus is. And James says that and they shudder. But they, they rightfully identify who the Messiah is when the people don't. So think about that. Let that kind of like flood into our own selves. Like it's not just knowing who Jesus is. It's believing and trusting in who Jesus is. Big difference. Let's go on. We'll come back maybe to that in a second. Maybe we'll hit on that next week. Because then it says that they were all amazed and they said with one another, what is this word for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. So it's not, now it's not just the authority in which he has. He has something else that's called uh, the, 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 the dynamus, which means that the power, not only does he have, and I think of it like this. Um, so the, the president of the United States has the power to declare war, okay? I should say this, Rewind. The president of the United States has the authority to declare war. But the power to enact that is the military in which we have. So if we're looking at, at this, this text here, um, not only does Jesus have the authority to command these spirits, he has the power to do it as well. This is where we're going to get one of our certainties if you're taking notes. Jesus has authority. That's one of the certainties in which we can take already from this text. Jesus has authority. 
Well, where did that authority come from? Well, we see in other places, primarily we can see in uh, Matthew chapter 28, that all authority has been given to Jesus. The Father has given Jesus all authority. So all authority on heaven and on earth is given to Jesus. So he has authority, and here's, here's another certainty that you can write down. Jesus has authority over three things in this text that we're going to see here. The first one we've already seen, which is the, the authority over intellect, okay? So he was teaching. Their minds were like, wow, this guy has some astonishing teachings. The second thing that we see right here already is he has authority over the supernatural, so he has authority over the, the, the demonic. We're going to see a third authority here in a second. Which um, So leave yourself some room. Write one, one more in here. But what we understand this authority is given to him by God. Look, let's continue on because we've got a lot more to, to do in a short time to do it. 38. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a fever. And they appealed to him on behalf, on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now, when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the, was the Christ. Uh, side note real quick, I don't want to imply this. Or I don't want to imply that every sickness is a demonic um, a possession or oppression. Uh, I don't want to imply that, but I, I think that um, we don't need to minimize that spiritual, supernatural um, uh, level or realm when we, when we face illness. Because here, here's why. Um, it, the, the Bible tells us in, in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13 that when we partake of the Lord's Supper, when, if we partake of the Lord's Supper in a, an unworthy manner, we're heaping hot coals on our head. And Paul also goes on to say that some are ill uh, among you and some have died because of uh, partaking of communion, the Lord's Supper, in an unworthy manner. So we know that, 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 that our actions uh, have a, a supernatural, um, there, there is a supernatural influence in some instances. But not just every time you get a cold, you've got a demon. Not, not, not just saying that. If so, Jeremiah's been possessed for a while. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it, it doesn't mean that. But what I want to do, and here's another thing. We were just talking about this in the hallway. When you get a flat tire, you know, you, you don't have, your car doesn't have a demon. Maybe you just have a flat tire. But... What we have to understand is don't minimize the, the, the spiritual realm in which we uh, live in, that it is all around us, but at the same time, don't get so enthralled and so enthused um, in the spiritual realm that you uh, check out from the, the, the natural realm. Because I think that here, what, what uh, uh, Luke, Dr. Luke is telling us and is showing us as, as another certainty is this authority in which Jesus has in here is not only over the supernatural, it's over the natural. Because we see this, it says that there were many illnesses that he healed. Natural illnesses. So if we see that, so those three things in which we see here, and does Jesus have authority over other things? Yes, because he has all authority. But in this text here, we see that he has authority over the intellect, he has authority over the supernatural, and he has authority over the natural. So when we look at this, and if we're going to put another note down here, 
through this, where does this, all this authority, how is all this authority manifested? Well, we can see that it's manifested through his words. Because it says, look, for his word possessed authority. And then look up there in 30, 36 where it says, what is this word for it with authority and power? He commands unclean spirits. So another certainty then which we can have is Jesus has power. He has authority in his word. Or Jesus, how about this? Jesus' word has authority. Jesus' word has authority. Why is that so very important? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked. Turn over to um, Hebrews chapter 1 real quick. Keep your finger in Luke. We'll go back here. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So remember what we talked about. We started out, Jesus is speaking into the synagogue. He's speaking at the synagogues. In the synagogues, uh, the rabbis would be reading the, the word uh, and, 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 and um, the, the communication of God from days of old. But Jesus is powered it, it, it transcended that. His word transcended that. Not, now, so don't hear me like saying that the, some people say, well, well, there you go, Old Testament's not important. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. We're going to see that the, 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 the word in which, which is Jesus, um, it's not a new way. It's a, dare say, better way in which is communicated to us. Look, verse 2, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So, so you, you tracking with me? By the word of his power. After making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So what we have is we understand that, that, that this authority and this power in which um, uh, we, that, that Jesus possesses, this impacts us now. Why does it impact us now? Because it says it's by the word of his power. The universe is upheld. So if the universe is upheld by the word of his power, I think that the words of Jesus can maybe impact your life just a little bit. <laughs> you think? I mean, if his word is what upholds the universe, why would he not be able to speak into any situation in which you're in in your life? Don't think that you're just so, well, God doesn't really care. God doesn't really know, or God doesn't really have time. No, the, the, the universe is upheld with his word. Why would that same word not penetrate into whatever situation? I don't care how dark and dirty and nasty and ugly and despisable or despicable it is. God, in the, the, the man Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, can speak into your situation. You got to let him. That's the key. You got to let him. We, we've talked many times where, where God is going, it's kind of like sitting back in the corner of your heart, just like chilling out. He, he's maxing and relaxing, acting all cool, shooting some b-ball outside of school. When, oh, that's Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Sorry. Um, no, but he's just sitting back. He, he's waiting. Why does he wait? Can he burst in at any moment? Absolutely he can. But he chooses just to wait. 
Because there's got to be that, that, that dependency that, that comes from you, that, 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 um, that innate, that, that feeling, that, that I would say that natural dependency where there's this hole that nothing else can fill, and he's going to say, okay, well, I'm, that's me. Invite me in. Let me in. I, I, I'm here. Let, let me in. Let me do this. But until we say, okay, as Matthew 11 says, uh, until we cast our burdens upon him and, and come to him when we're heavy laden, only rest comes when we go to Jesus. I don't care what the world tells us. Are there good self-help things? I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, but they don't last. Jesus says, I, I, I'm the, the, the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and the end. He, he, he never changes. As Chuck taught us this morning in uh, uh, Sunday school, he never goes anywhere. No matter how much we run from him, he's still there. We just have to go beyond the, 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 the mindset is of, well, I've done so much bad that he doesn't want me anymore. No, that's a lie from the pit of hell. He, he wants you. And it's only his word that's going to uh, be able to um, be, be um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is going to penetrate into that situation. Because what happens is we hear something and, and we don't like it and the defense goes up and it takes a wrecking ball to get through this wall. But God's willing to, to use whatever equipment necessary when we say help to get in. Turn back to Luke chapter 4. Um, I, I, I like when, when we see this, we see the, the authority. I think, and, and this is something that I've been uh, wrestling with all week, and um, I, I think it can go two different ways as far as understanding um, the statement at the end of verse uh, 41, where it talks about that Jesus rebuked them and would not allow them to speak. Um, I, I've been taught my own, whole entire life uh, as I grew up that this statement of because they knew that he was a Christ, um, I was taught that, and it, and it there's validity to it. I was taught that they, they didn't want, Jesus didn't want them to, to, to speak um, because he didn't want them to know that he was a Christ. Well, I have a problem with that. A little, little bit of problem. Can, can it hold a little water? I'm sure it can. If you can, you don't have to, but you, if you would turn back to, to Mark 1, it talks about that he kept them from, from speaking. But what I want to propose in, in, in this instant is um, more along the, the lines of contextually looking at this, that means within this context, he's talking about authority. When we have this, set, this, this line here, it says, because they knew that he was a Christ. This wasn't because Jesus didn't want people to know that he was a Christ. I think there's two things happening here, honestly. I think the one is that Jesus didn't want the demons to testify that he was a Christ. Not because he wanted to keep it secret, but he didn't want um, people to know that he was a Christ because of uh, the, the demons proclaiming it. Because if you remember what just happened a few, uh, a few chapters ago when, uh, at his baptism, the father spoke, said, this is my, my son in which whom I'm well pleased. Um, I, I think that the testimony of the father uh, transcends the testimony of any demon. So I think that that's one thing that, that's going on here. And, and I think that another thing that's going on here where it says, because they knew that he was a Christ, this is an exercise of authority. They did not, Jesus did not allow them to speak because he had that power and authority to make them not speak. 
So it wasn't that he just didn't want them to, uh, to uh, let people know that he was a Christ. No, uh, I think the baptism and the, the sky rumbling and speaking gave it away that he was a Christ. And the dove coming, descending down gave it away as that, that he was a Christ. What we have to understand is the authority in which Jesus had then, has now, transcends any authority that, it, that we can ever see. Well, and here's the deal. As we sit here and as we hear about authority, some people will squirm in their seats because I don't like authority. And, 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 and no, no raise of hands, no pointing, no, yeah. Hey, dear, are you listening to this? You know, none of that. But we have this natural tendency that we think that authority is a, is a negative thing. We think that, 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 that those, and, and rightfully so, because we have a lot of people that have, we've seen or, or maybe are in our lives that have taken authority and abused it. So we see authority, well, that's a negative thing. Well, I, I want us to also see something that, um, about authority as a beautiful thing. Let's read on real quick. It says, and when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place, and the people sought him and came to him, and would have kept him from leaving. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching the synagogues of Judea. That, that, that little four-letter word there in verse 43, I must, I must preach. I look at that and I, I say, okay, we're talking about, in this context, uh, the, the, the author here, Dr. Luke, is talking about in these last three um, little sections, he's talking about authority. And he's talking about how Jesus has authority over um, the, the intellect, how he has authority over the supernatural, how he has authority over the natural. And then he reveals to us something that is the beautiful part for us right now. Jesus not only had authority, this is a certainty that you can write down, Jesus not only had authority, but Jesus was under authority. So if Jesus not only had authority, but Jesus was under authority, how can authority in and of itself, and I'm saying pure, unadulterated authority, granted, and like I already explained, there are some people who take authority and they, and, and they misuse it and abuse it. But authority itself, the understanding, the true definition of authority is not something that we should be bashful towards. Because when we are under authority, I believe that, that when we're under authority, that it, we are more free to do more things. Because we know what to do. Look at what Jesus, it said that, that, that Jesus did. He, 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 when they wanted him to stay, he said, no, 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 I, I can't stay. I can't say that. That word must, it's a, it's a necessity. I've been, I've been put here for a reason. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God next week because I think that could be a whole sermon in and of itself of understanding what the kingdom of God is because I think too many people have this uh, misrepresentation of the kingdom of God as something that we're going to get to and we forget that we're part of the kingdom of God now. But put a tack in that. We'll hit that next week. But here Jesus is saying, I must. I am under, I have authority, but I'm under authority to go proclaim the good news. 
You've heard me use the term, the Greek word for the good news, for the gospel, is euangelion. Well, here, this is not the noun form. This is the verb form, the action form of that word. Same word. It still indicates the good news, the gospel. And we understand what the gospel is, the good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. Same focus, same truth here. Understand that when Jesus came, he came because he was to preach that good news. I love this personally because then when I hear and I read uh, the scriptures like in, in Matthew 28 where he says, you know, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. How can Jesus and I know maybe this is sacrilegious, but I'm going to say this. How can Jesus tell us to go? Well, he can tell us to go because he was sent. Jesus was a missionary just like we're all missionaries. We're all to, well, Lee, I can't really preach. I, it's to, you were to proclaim the good news. Proclaim the good news. Maybe that's with your, the way in which you, you, you operate in your job. Maybe that's the way in which you raise your children. Maybe it is a way in which you teach your class, whatever it may be. But we're called to do the same thing that Jesus did, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, with having that same, um, uh, that same and I'll say that this must, the same necessity for us, we have to understand that we have that same power and authority that Jesus had. Because we, we've talked about this many times that the same spirit that uh, rose Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that, 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 that uh, made it possible for all this to take place is the same spirit that is inside the believer. But what we do too many times is we listen to the lie of the devil. And, and we don't, we, we don't and, and, and some of you will understand what I'm saying, but uh, we don't tap into, and I'm not saying that in a negative sense, but we don't tap into the spirit in which is already there. We think that, well, we need more. We need more of the spirit, more of the spirit. I need more faith. No, God has already given us the, the amount of faith and the amount of spirit that we need to do his work and his will. What we do is we just come up with more excuses. Jesus says that those who are faithful with little will be given much. Too many times we're not faithful with what God has already given us. So, so why would we want more? Why would God give us more when we're not doing what we need to do with what he's already given us? As we read this, and as it says where Jesus made it perfectly clear what his purpose was. I, I think that um, this is the, the, the fourth and final certainty. I think it's number four, or maybe you have five or six or seven by now. But um, Some of you are going to blink or flinch at this, but hey, it is what it is. Hear me out. Jesus' purpose was not to have authority. Jesus' purpose was not to have authority. Jesus' purpose was to preach about the kingdom of God. Think about that for a second, because here's the deal. It was not Jesus, he wasn't just sent with this purpose of authority. He had authority before he came. 
So the purpose of him coming is not to have, so he can attain this authority. He already had the authority. His purpose was to preach the good news. And part of Jesus's, uh, Jesus's action of preaching the good news was actually, um, he, was a, a vital, he was a vital element of the good news, right? The, the good news is, you know, the, the, of God's redemptive plan. So the gospel, the good news of God's redemptive plan, we talked about, well, that redemptive plan um, involves Christ's sinless life, his murderous death, and his glorious resurrection. He was an essential part of that. That's what he was come, That's what his purpose was to come and proclaim. And that's what I love about understanding what the kingdom of God is and how next week we're going to pull this apart. And, and I'll throw a term out there for you right now. Um, the kingdom of God is already not yet. Already not yet. Google it. Whatever. I don't care. But what we have to understand is the purpose of, of, of Jesus was come so that the kingdom of God could be ushered in. And that's what he was preaching when he came. So when we, when we look at this, and we look at all of those certainties, so the certainties of that he has, uh, Jesus has authority, his words have authority, um, his authority, or he has authority, but is also under authority. Then Jesus, his purpose was not to have authority, but his purpose was to preach about the kingdom. When we read all of this and we, we, we let all of this just, just, just sink in, what I, what I, I think that, that we can really feed off of is what Luke was doing. What Luke was doing in this sense, we understand that, that Jesus just started his ministry. And one of the first things, okay, we had the temptation a couple weeks ago. Then we had the temptation by Satan, and Jesus then went to his hometown. Now we have Luke focusing on the authority in which Jesus has. So when we bring all of this together, we see that, 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 that um, when, when, when reading this, or, or when, how about this, when using this as a filter for our lives... That God's plan here was not just to get, put a bunch of words on a, a piece of paper so we can you know, listen to a guy ramble on for 35 minutes and uh, then go home and feel good about ourselves. What God intends for, through the reading of his word is for us to be transformed. So to let the, the water or the word wash us over like water, like uh, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. Wash us over. What does that, that mean? That means that when we hear God's word and we hear these truths and we not understand these certainties, these should impact our lives. Our lives should be different. If, if there's no change after we hear the truth of God's word, it's not that God's word um, is, is faulty. It's that we are not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Because God promises his word goes out and it does not return void. So as we wrap up right here, and we'll just do that, we'll make an abrupt ending with the authority of Jesus, understanding that his authority was to usher in the understanding of the kingdom. Let's pray. Why do I want to touch so much or push so hard into the authority of Jesus? Well, because I want us to understand that um, we have something 
Or how about this? We have someone greater than our circumstances. No matter what it is we're going through, Jesus is greater than our circumstances. What we have to do is we just have to push into him. We have to rely on him. That doesn't mean we throw our hands up in the air like we just don't care. No, that's not what that means. That means, okay, God, I'm in this tough spot. What do you say about this? Because I, you know, I've asked all my friends, and I've asked Facebook by Facebook friends because they're always knowledgeable, but what do you say about this? Well, how about we ask him first before we go to all these other um, theological toilets to get a drink? So what we're going to do, uh, we're going to end with that, that thought of, okay, um, I, I don't want to end like a, a somber, uh, reflective state of, um, oh, how am I to be under the authority of Jesus? And I'm such a terrible person. No, I want us to end with, I'm under the authority of Jesus. And that is awesome. Awesome. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, uh, as we get ready to, to um, belt out some tunes, uh, Lord, and continue in worship, in worship of you, God, we ask that we can just focus on you. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you for what you have done, what you're doing, and what you will do. Uh, God, we know that um, there are many here that are carrying a lot of burdens. God, we know that we have, our brother is still um, in the hospital bed. God, we still know that you have authority over that illness. God, you still have authority over um, whatever is going on. God, let us rest in your authority. Let us understand that we're free in your authority. We pray this in your name, Jesus.